Hi, and welcome to the Trail to Austin, the place to get to meet the people of Austin and find out how they became the people of Austin. I'm your host, Bob Morse, and across town contemplating, looking back over what a great year 2019 was, is my co-host, Jordan McCall. <laughs> is it possible to, like, just skip over 2020? Now you only got three just weeks left. 1921. <laughs> hey, you know, remember how excited we were when uh, 2020 came around? And now look at us. Yeah. So. Well, you got to watch what you wish for, right? Yep. So today we, uh, we're we being joined by somebody who's more than a little familiar with this whole process and how it goes. Um, <laughs> he's the uh, host of the Lone Star Plate podcast, and his name is Patrick Scott Armstrong. How you doing, Patrick? Fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. So, tell uh, tell our audience a little bit about how your podcast. I know you're associated with Texas Real Food, and how all that yep. works. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Texas Real Food. Um, you know, they they sponsor the podcast, and I basically created it with them. Um, and um, yeah, Lone Star Plate. We basically just interview. You know, I used to say famous Texans, but really it's just cool Texans. Cool Texans um, who... Should be famous? You know, not necessarily. I mean, some are famous, some are not. I don't really like saying that. It also sounds pretentious, uh, even though we still use it in, in marketing and stuff. I mean, uh, I don't control all the all the content that goes out. Uh, but, you know, just cool people uh, that are from Texas. You don't have to be born there. Okay, I wasn't born in Texas, but I still consider myself a Texan. Um, you know, just some, you've had an experience with Texas in some way. Um, and um, yeah, something interesting that we can provide the listeners with. And then at some point, we always talk about food. I'm a chef. I've been in the, I was in the industry for a really long time. I just closed my food truck after five years uh, last year um, after South by the last South by we actually had. Um, and yeah, so, you know, always talk a little bit of food, a little bit of Texas and, and that person's career. And and that's really it. Texas Real Foods an awesome uh, company to you know work for and and work with. Um, ju- just they just do a lot of great things. I mean, it's you know sometimes when you're I mean, if you're sponsored by somebody or you're working with somebody, you may not always agree with. Right? It could just be something like somebody that that uh, promotes Samsung, but you see them using an Apple right phone, right? Something like that. Like ne- never. Texas Real Food is just so cool. It's food. It's organic, right? It's bring. It's helping farmers. It's helping uh, the food industry. Um, just totally cool to get behind. I just love every facet of it. Well, let's go ahead and take a dive into that. Tell us who Texas Real Food is. What their mission is. Uh, how people can find out about them and take advantage of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. Um, look, it's real. It's a cool website. Uh, you know, I'm not peddling this just just because of that. It's real simple. You just go. You go to texasrealfood.com. You put in your zip code, and basically, what we'll do is just bring up all the coolest places around you, like you know, farmers markets, butchers, you know, farm to table restaurants. Um, I don't know, a cool shop that's making artisanal stuff. Right? It has to be artisanal, organic, natural something like that right it's like a yelp in that sense um but much cooler um you know <laughs> right uh not, not the stigma that a yelp would have but yeah just wherever you live it's just going to bring that up around you and you can see what's what's around you that you can support local i mean what what better way and you're just going to get the product quality right is is high as well so yeah it's fantastic plus the site has you know recipes they review stuff right there's articles there's all kinds of other supporting uh stuff that you can get there the podcast that we do as well you know we we don't just bring on celebrities we'll bring on you know um a brewery and bring on right a a, a great uh, we had a great pit master come on and talk barbecue um so we'll try to you know mix it up and um bring different people on in that aspect as well so yeah nice so you said you uh you weren't born in texas where were you uh born and raised i was born in uh, omaha nebraska if you can believe it uh but only lived there about six months so came straight to texas uh pretty much uh from there my dad was in the air force Ah. so um yeah He, he was out by the time i was born but 
that's why we were living there. So my, my brother got to experience that and my mother as well, but, but I didn't when, when I got, you know, we were, he was done with it when I got out. When I saw from your bio that you, um, you spent a lot of time, I guess, in Dallas. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's where I grew up basically. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that's interesting. Uh, working in restaurants, you know, was that always a passion of yours when you were young? Did you want to? No, no. What did you think you wanted to do? No, no, not at all. Definitely not was my passion. Um, you know, I, I don't really know if I, I really knew what I wanted to do, to be honest with you. I kind of would spend like a year or two on something and, and sort of move along with it. To be frank with you, there was a while there where I thought I was going to be like some famous rock star touring. You know, I had a band, I'm playing, uh, you know, I'm in my early 20s. I thought, I honestly thought at that point, that that's it. Th- this is what I'm going to do. Meanwhile, I sucked. Okay, so it was, it was never going to happen. But in my head, uh, you know, I'm living a different life. Um, so, you know, I tried that. I tried acting uh, for a little while. I lived up in uh, near Philadelphia. And um, so I tried that for a little bit. I guess just trying to find what, what sort of worked for me uh, in some way. Till I, yeah, till I found food and wine. Um, and it sucked me in, uh, to be honest with you, that, that's what happened. And then I went to Spain that, that really changed, right? When you go to like research what it is you love and find out more about it, wh- whatever it may be, um, you take that journey to, you know, a deeper dive, if you will, uh, into things, you know, that, that's where the real fun adventure begins. Right. So that, that's really what it was is, is going over there and just getting a different, uh, perspective on it and getting that different perspective made me love it even more and want to dive you know head first into it well i have to admit i was captivated by your uh, story of the camino de santiago yeah spain i i was fortunate enough to spend six months in spain particularly around galicia around really uh, yes and uh love that northern spain uh, yeah i lived in galicia oh well that's what i was reading and you talk about the hamon which yeah. is absolutely fabulous yeah <laughs> uh, so anyway i i yeah. really enjoyed your account of that and it seemed to be a turning point in your uh trajectory sure what let me ask you this joel what was your favorite thing to eat in spain besides a hamon well uh how could you go anywhere and not sit at a table and the matron of the house come up and say here's paella food very (laughs) typical of my home (laughs) and you could tell the social status of the family by what was in the paella interesting wow that is that is kind of true actually uh yeah that's a good point wow that's a, that's actually a small detail especially in galicia where i worked um definitely was the case wow very interesting insightful detail i like that uh you know I admit it, reading your account of your your journey uh was fabulous and what led you to do that you said you, you know wasn't a pilgrim but yeah it's a pilgrim i mean it you know i don't really know what i was getting myself into to be honest with you when i started it i didn't really know too much about it my my goal was to go backpack europe and that was going to be the the thing that launched me so i mean i just kind of went with it i I didn't really know too much about it i'm not gonna lie i just kind of i remember we walked into this church um and they just hand you this passport and, and, and you know passport it's just a booklet right that they make yeah. uh that you're supposed to get stamps yeah you, you get stamps along the way at all the places you stay that that's what it's for and you turn it in at this special church at the end of the walk so it's official and you get this special scroll anyway i remember they just handed it to us and was like okay that's it i remember like okay what do we do yeah just walk out the door and turn left <laughs> what okay all right, I guess that's it. And yeah, that was it. You just, we walked out and, and turned left and just, we started walking. I didn't stop for 29 days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was that, you know, it's crazy. It's interesting. Well, My neighbor. Faster than most. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a much faster trip. That is right. Uh, it normally takes about six weeks on the Camino Frances, which is the one I took, the most popular 
trail, the French trail. That that's definitely the most popular one. Just more supporting. I say popular because there's more supporting structures, if you will, hostels, albergues, they call them, which is a step below a hostel, if if you can believe it. Um, and uh, you know, restaurants, whatever that that sort of thing. There's there's a support system to it. See, that's kind of funny to me because my neighbor across the street uh, did it, and she trained really for like a long wow. time. Did all the research she could do to find out everything, and you just kind of stepped into it. I huh? just went with it. Yeah, I just stepped in. I learned along the way. I mean, once I was there, and you're doing it, I just I was taken in, right? And then you're then you're into it. you're learning along the way. You're you're finding stuff out. Um, that that's the journey. That's the Camino. And listen, the per, the per, your neighbor will understand this. Tell her what. Tell her I said one Camino. She'll she'll know what that means. But you know the journey is that. The journey is the Camino. You learn. You it's it's just it's eye opening, guys. I mean, I tell I tell people it's the greatest experience of my life. But by, by far, I, I didn't know it was going to be that. Uh, but by the time it was over, a hundred percent. And and it's still to this day. I mean, it was almost ten years ago. Supposedly, we were all supposed to go back um this coming summer I, I did it with this big ended up walking with this crew and we all made this promise that we would go back on the next jacobian year which is coming up um this year 2021 um so we'll see covid all, all that uh, i do want to do it again so we'll see what happens yeah I'm, i feel like i got cheated i we were only in spain for three weeks i mean <laughs> you guys have that's a long months. that's a still a long time yeah we were down to the southern part um you know, I lived there, Andalusia. That, that's where yeah. I mainly lived in Granada. I lived there for, for the most, by far. That, that's where my wife is. Well, she's not from there, but that's where she was living. That's where she went to school. You know that that, that sort of thing. But that was that was one of the interesting things we learned: the different uh, tapas traditions in each town. Free tapas, free tapas in yeah. the south in Andalusia. Yeah, in Granada, it was. You know, it's like, well, I bought three beers. I had three tapas. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Dinner's over. That's, that's like, that's <laughs> how you eat. Yeah. The, in Spanish, they call it tapear. It's like an action. Like you go, you go to tapa. It's like, cause that's your dinner. Okay. We're going to hit this spot, this spot, this spot, and this spot. And that's pretty typical. I probably did that three nights a week. Yeah. To be honest with you. I knew all the best spots in Granada for sure. I knew all the best spots to go to get the most for your money. Right? I was like, some places you go and they'll just serve you some like meal with mm-hmm. your drink. Other places you go, it's literally on a toothpick. Yeah. You're just like, what is it? What's this little thing? What am I what am I supposed to do with this? Uh, you know, and some are based in this way where every drink you get, right, the mm-hmm. tapa gets better. So they want you to stay there. So by the six, if you have six, for instance, like by the like the restaurants I work in, Granada, for instance, like it would be like the six tapa would just be like lobster, you know, it would just be great. <laughs> but you had to get there. Yeah, you got to pay. You know, you got to get all the drinks uh, to get there. That that's how they make it worthwhile. So would uh, well, isn't it true if you had six drinks, anything would be better? Hundred percent. Trust okay. me, they drink a lot in Spain. It's it's. But you know what? Not everything's as strong there as it is here. Okay, they do a lot of mixed drinks. They do, for instance, wine gets mixed a lot. Um, you know, you got calimochos. You've got uh, vino de te, um, vino de tinto de verano. Um, you know, you've got uh, shandies, for instance, with the beers. Right, that's how I used to drink beers there. Sangrias. Right, you've got all these things that are meant to let you drink all night because see in europe not just spain but a lot of europe you party till the sun comes up and not party but you just go, that's just normal i mean everybody's doing that it's not even a oh the kids it's not a it's not an unnormal thing to be a you know grown adult and you're just staying out till six seven in the morning so you can't be taking shots of tequila all night you know or whatever the case may be you you've got a go slow and eat that's what the tapas are for to keep your body keep you going uh it's essentially the spanish have found a great way to just keep you fueled to party yeah that's it it's just they're just <laughs> that's it that's it i love it God it's bless the best them. yeah okay. <laughs> totally totally 100 percent. so what what inspired you to leave that and come back here Pff, work couldn't get work 
Um, anybody that's a little familiar with the Spanish economy knows uh, something called el crisis, they call it, the crisis. Um, it's been something that's been going on since they changed from the peseta, which was their national currency, to the euro. And that had a big impact, and it, it's, it was had a big impact on the job market, uh, absolutely, as well. So it just was going on. This was like 2000, I guess I moved back 2012, end of 2012. And um, yeah, just couldn't get work in the city, was having to travel, work three months, come back. Because in Spain, it's like, you get contracts and stuff. It's a little different working, at least in the, in the industry I worked in, restaurants. So it's not like, oh, you have a job here forever. It's like, well, you got a job till November and then we'll see what's happening. We might sign you up again. You know, it's seasonal. You're traveling around a lot. Europe is that way. You're just like traveling. So, you know, you go to this island, work here, do that. So, you know, I'm married. It just, you know, couldn't do that. So told her, hey, let's. Oh, look at that. I Dream of Jeannie. I love that show. Nice. Uh, <laughs> all there. Are you kidding yeah, that, me? That That's my jam. Got me through puberty. That's <laughs> oh man, I love that. Didn't they replace the colonel uh, right halfway through the the show? Am I thinking, or was that Bewitched? That was Bewitched. That was Bewitched. Sure. That was bewitched. Okay, my bad. Yeah, my bad. but I Dream of Genie was the first show to uh, to show a belly button. That's right. That's right. That's crazy. That that is kind of crazy, right? How times change. Yeah, that is great. Love that show, by the way. I mean, just a great show. Barbara Eden. Mm-hmm. Barbara Eden. So, Woo! Memory lane. Take me down memory lane. Somebody was uh, talking about the um, <laughs> the love boat the other day. And you go back and look at that, and it's like, oh, whoa, these guys would all be in jail right now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, it would have been me yeah. to death. You know, it's like. That is funny. Oh, wow. So I have a question. So you come back to the States. Uh, you were into food trucks before food trucks were cool. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe so. 2014 is when I opened it for sure. Yeah, it was, wasn't was what it was now for sure. That, that is true. I mean, I moved here for that, for that, to Austin for that reason. Because wow. the infrastructure for a food truck, um, you know, it existed here where it didn't exist in Dallas. I would have opened it in Dallas to be honest with you, uh, where I'm from. But um, yeah, Austin just had food trucks and had an infrastructure for it. And the health department worked with you, right? It wasn't the same up in the Dallas area, not at all. That's why they don't have the food, all the food parks. And it's not the same as, as, as the way Austin was. Now, you couldn't just pull up anywhere and serve food here either. But at least there was food parks and something going on, you know, for it. Well, it's interesting how some cities have embraced that you know in different parts of the country and some have just kind of went eh, i don't get it or something i'm no, i don't yeah. know what's going on you're right it is weird i i it is weird i i can't imagine uh, i think food trucks will be everywhere at some point i do they'll yeah. they'll be everywhere um even if it's not the most convenient it's just something different you can do you know you can still prop it outside of a brick and mortar and still use it in a functional or you know marketing way or something so i think it'll it'll start to pop around everywhere but that is that is odd i agree so did you stay in one location or did you uh circulate both so you sort of like we would stay for dinner but like lunch we would be popping around we would have a different place to go for lunch because lunch is, you know, fat. It's in and out. It's a set time. It's much quicker. It's all about volume and and knocking out a limited menu sort of thing. You know, people don't have the same amount of time as they have for dinner. So, um, yeah, we would pop around for lunch and dinner be back. Is the culinary skills necessary for a successful truck any different than for a successful uh, kitchen? brick and mortar restaurant no not any different um it's the same um i mean smaller space yeah you you've actually i'll be honest with you if you can you know work in a food truck and handle that you get in a kit a regular kitchen you're a superstar 
because you've got everything you know, you've got running water you've got space you've got like things you can move around you know what i mean it's just a t- different way if you can manage the food truck please it's like nothing that's like a joke to you to to go work in a uh, in a prep kitchen which happens as well and and you and you know because you'll have prep kitchens to do bigger volume stuff. You got catering coming up, you know, thousand people. This you can't do that out of your food truck. You know what I mean? So you you'll do both, and you'll see how the difference, right? When you're in the regular, you're flying. It's nothing. You're you're putting other people to shame um, because you didn't know what you had till it was gone. That happened all the time to people in a food truck when they'd come work for day one. The first thing I'd have to tell people is the water. They come in and turn on the faucet and just be like leaving it just running i'm like well we got a tank down there with limited water literally every drop counts um you know you just have to learn these different things about a food truck that uh brick and mortar you, you just you have at your disposal did it make you a better chef it's the yeah a hundred percent um absolutely you know to be frank like before i opened the food truck i only worked as a bartender a waiter um you know sommelier uh manager you know those type of positions in restaurants um so the food truck was my first time to okay this is my food i'm cooking i'm putting it out and uh you know that sort of thing so yeah it it did uh because as i got bigger and i started to work in bigger kitchens and uh brick and mortars uh because boca took all you know became another beast i mean we had multiple locations at one point we're doing all kinds of stuff um helping other restaurants open and like guest chefing if you will um yeah it, it one again you, you work the food truck and i knew that i've been in restaurant i mean i've seen i've worked for very good chefs i mean i've worked in phenomenal restaurants uh where the level of detail for everything is 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 very high um so yeah i, I knew that that would be the case though in a food truck so you went with a um spanish menu no surprise um yeah yeah. <laughs> How did you manage to pare it down from all the uh, wonderful things there is to eat there to what you could serve in a food truck? That's a great question, actually, um, because you know what it came down to? Like a lot of decisions. Well, not a lot of decisions, but, but yeah, I would say a lot of decisions. Just what can I get? You know, what's, what is actually available to me that can mimic Spanish food? right and be consistent something i can get year round right what kind of menu item is it uh, what am i working with you know that that sort of thing um so yeah that was that was tough and right it's a food truck so i got to think of delivery and how people are going to 100 percent. that's a great question yeah paired it down to what i thought were you know going to be the most popular i mean we went with boca because boca does mean mouth in spanish but it also was a play on bocadillo which is a sandwich in spain that you get right so and that's what we did when we first started we were doing bocadillos so um yeah just sort of you know took my favorite ones there of different proteins and kept it simple really and really played around for the longest time you got to just mess around see what's working see what's not you know it's it's what whatever looks good on paper is one thing but right once you get it to the customer uh, it's a different thing so you just got to be willing to adapt at that point too but now you can you can go pick up hamon in costco you know that whole leg there with the stand in the knife <laughs> yeah we had that at boca forever we just order a new probably last about a month yeah i think the that's whole what thing they say. you know to to be whittled down to a bone uh but when i lived in spain we had them in our house always always one in our kitchen that's just part of right uh not everyone has one but for the most part yeah i was shocked when i'd walk into some places there and you'd see how many of them are hanging and you think do you go through that many you know how often do you go through that many that's amazing oh uh, trust me eat a lot of hamon you're just constantly walking in the kitchen and grab the knife real quick and just cut off a few pieces eat it and walk out. i mean it's just like a quick snack too it was you do a lot of like someone will sit for 20 minutes and cut a bunch for a couple days mm-hmm. that's also how it works and it stays in the fridge and you know you're, you're grabbing it out like that um, and someone's taught how to use the knife properly and it's a whole it's a whole thing if right. you cut someone's hamon wrong at their house Trust me, you may never be invited back. Like, 
stay away from the hormone. Yeah, exactly. You st- you don't know what you're doing. If you do some big chunks and stuff, I mean, you just get a knife. There's a special knife. It's real thin. It bends like no- nobody's business because, yeah, cur- you know, so it can get curve in around how it is, and you've got to get it just right so it's super thin and just, you know, melts in your mouth. God, it's making me want some right now, guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, so, you said your wife was from Spain. What's the, uh, what has been the favorite dish that you make that she likes? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I make a great tortilla, probably better than hers. She might argue that, uh, which uh, for those listening, a tortilla, a Spanish tortilla, they call it tortilla española, is just, um, it's egg, potato and onion, and it's basically like a thick, you know, I don't know how to describe it, right? Yeah, like a, a thick omelet. That, just think of it that way. It's sliced like a pie. Um, and, uh, you know, you eat it with a little fresh mayonnaise and a slice of French bread. And um, that's it. That's a real simple dip. But yeah, make that for her. She loves that. Uh, and my patatas bravas. Oh, and my uh, gamba salajillo. She loves that when I make that. She's a phenomenal cook. So she makes, you know, albondigas. She does uh, croquetas. Uh, one the best croquetas you ever had, man. Um, you know, yeah, she, she can make just about anything. And it's uh, delicious. I am so glad we're doing this podcast before dinner. I know. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, I wonder what we got downstairs. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, got, you know who you guys had on? Uh, Eric Silverstein. Yes. He's, that guy's amazing. I mean, talk about cooking. Uh, that guy is, is ridiculous. I look up to him a lot. Uh, when I started the food truck, he was someone I looked up to. And just to see where he's gotten to is absolutely amazing. He deserves every bit of it. He's an amazing guy. Well, that was a wonderful conversation we had with him, too. Yeah, I don't doubt it one bit. Uh, and, he's a phenomenal guy. And well, speaking of, food let's scene. talk about your podcasts. I uh, was kind of going through uh, some of your episodes, and you have quite the potpourri of personnel. Out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been a run. Look, it's a whole team of people here, right? There's a lot of people that work on this that make this happen. Um I just, you know, I just show up, I, 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 I ask some questions, I have a conversation, and, and I feel like some magic happens, and we, roam, we run, with, run with that. Uh, but, um, yeah, a lot of people behind this that make that happen, and they're, they're the true heroes, to be honest with you. They put up with my bullshit, and I'm sorry, I don't even know if we cuss. I no, apologize. Don't worry. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I didn't even think to ask that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I thank them uh, for you know well, for all their hard work yeah nevena is really um you probably i think you guys might have spoke with her about setting yeah, this up uh, nevena is, is she's everything i mean without her this this thing just wouldn't happen the way it does that's to be honest you know that's the that's it she's the smarts that keep everything together and keep us uh in line and sebastian um he's the owner he owns everything you know he runs everything he's got all kinds of other stuff going on just a phenomenal guy very creative uh really smart guy uh great to work with uh yeah and um cory she's uh someone that does a lot of our reach out so she'll reach out to people she's pretty much who reaches out to people um to get that initial contact going uh, of, of a guest. And then Nevena will take over and sort of schedule it, book it, answer any questions there. And then I show up to, you know, do it. And then we got some people, you know, the graphic design uh, team that sort of help, uh, you know, get, get everything out. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's not like somebody is always, this is all they do. They're, doing, they're working on other podcast stuff and we're part of the mix of, you know, uh, what they do, if you will. So, so I, yeah, great team. I think I read that uh, Nevena is overseas. Yeah, our whole team's remote. I'm the only oh, one really? in Austin. Um, everybody's from all over. Uh, Nevena's in Serbia. She lives in Serbia. Um, uh, Corey does live in Florida. She lives in Florida. Sebastian's in London. Um, and the other parts of the team are there as well. Um, I mean, I think there's some people in Germany, France um oh my gosh it's just there's just so many people to be honest with you yeah remote it's it's perfect uh it's it's the new way to go yeah you know to to connect with people it's it's awesome how do they decide uh who would make a good guest for the show and who wouldn't 
You know, we've actually, we did a lot of research before we launched for months, to be honest with you, and put together, Sebastian had someone put, multiple people, I'm sure, put together this massive list, thousands of people, of who would be the top, you know, like a spreadsheet sort of thing, and it gets narrowed down, and we just start going down the list and emailing. I mean, that's it. And then on top of that, as we've grown, we've made a lot of connections with PR firms and management companies and things like that. So they send us guests or ideas for guests. Hey, we think this person might be a good fit. What do you think? Check them out. We'll check them out. Cool. Let's let's book them. So we start mixing that in. And then on top of that, we've started to mix in people we just see on the news. Hey, let's see if we can get them on, you know? And so it then becomes this whole mixture of how you get guests. Yeah. Right. Different different streams coming in of, of how we get them, and people suggest them as well. Now we definitely have a lot of people suggesting guests to us uh, that, you know, I'm like, oh man, we just don't have the time. I mean, just like we're booked till I don't even know when, guys. It's just crazy. There's just so many people. Once you start to, it, it just starts to overflow at, at some point um, as well, sure. in a good way, I guess. I mean, it's been kind of funny because we've stumbled into several of our guests because there were people that I didn't even know were in Austin that, you know, I found that, out they're here awesome. all of a sudden and I go, yeah, Hey, would you mind coming on and doing this? And it's like, eh, no trouble. And then Joel being, people love podcasts, right? Yeah. Like for the most part, it's not too hard to get somebody to do it. And Joel being from the recording industry, well, recording industry, local musician, <laughs> but knows many people. Um, and his wife is a social butterfly who knows everybody. So, yeah, it just winds <laughs> up that there's just a million people around that people know. But um, well, and it helps to have a fairly large criteria, interesting people. Well, that's certainly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joel, you play music. Uh, I saw you guys had Johnny Gowdy on. You know Johnny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Johnny too. Love Johnny, man. Great guy. F He's phenomenal guy. Episode 1000 of his very podcast. Very articulate, very intelligent, just a wonderful conversation. He's a great guy, man. Yeah, absolutely. We had him on the podcast in the very beginning. He was one of the first people I thought to call to have him on, to be honest. And he was on my other podcast I did before too. I've been on his a couple times. Uh, he's just a great guy. Love that guy so much. Great energy. Yeah. Great, great guy. Yeah, he's always really positive. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, uh, Yeah, you got Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say you guys have had some great guests. Yeah, we've been very lucky with that. Um and I'll tell you like you were saying Eric um was a terrific guest. He It seems like the Austin restaurant community is pretty friendly with each other around here. There's not a lot of you know trying to tear everyone else down so you make it kind of thing that's, that's a great point that's a great point and that's absolutely true and yes it's a much different scene down here yeah so compare that to say dallas is it more cutthroat or i mean or is yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. way more cutthroat uh up in dallas by far um you, you've just got a lot of you know, differing uh, philosophies of how to run a restaurant happening up in Dallas. And, you know, sometimes it's just about the show up there and not so much about, you know, what we're there for, which is to eat. Um, yeah, but look, I had a lot of great experiences in Dallas as well. Um, t teaches you a lot, but yeah, it's definitely more cutthroat Austin's just more laid back you know bring your dog let's sit on the porch and have a good time I love Austin for that love it for that that's yeah, very that's parallel to the music business too 100% everybody is on everybody's side everybody yeah. plays with everybody uh, go to Nashville <laughs> you know. much different huh yeah yeah talk to a lot of uh, musicians that uh you know, from Texas, and they're in Nashville. Gosh, probably half the musicians we've had are are in Nashville now. And yeah, they love Texas, man. They still miss it. They, yep. right? It's uh, absolutely uh, Austin, especially right. It's it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a great city for that. It's a great city for embracing culture, art, creativity. creativity. Yep. 
and in any sort of facet and i love that about this city hope that i hope that never changes yeah so to ask you go ahead uh you had james mcmurtry on yeah how was that awesome Really different guy. I, I I wasn't too familiar with him honestly before we started. Um, before I did the podcast. Um, yeah, really interesting guy. Very meek, to be honest with you. Very meek, um, but uh, very smart and intelligent, and very, you know, careful with his words. And um, I just re I respected him a lot, to be honest with you. I had a great conversation. Respected him a lot. He was cool. So. Uh, this is probably a weird question, but can you think of your favorite conversations? And do you have particular conversations that were like running through knee-deep mud? Ooh, yeah, that's tough. Um, you know, it's uh, we've done so many episodes. It's that's a little tough. So I'll probably do some that's more recent, just because it's more in my mind. Um, but I just recently had. A wonderful conversation with an actor, um, Stephen Tobolowsky, and um, he played Sammy Jenkins in Memento. He's famously in Groundhog Day. He's the guy running up, Bing, Bing. You know that guy. Uh, he's been in like every movie. He's on Silicon Valley. He was on Deadwood. Um, I'm trying. I mean, just everything. You name it. That this guy's been in. We just had the best. Uh, it's just such a great conversation. Uh, and I remember in the middle of it thinking, "This is my job." I love this. I just get to listen to people tell me these great things about their life and how they got there. And, you know, it teaches me something. I love that, you know, and I really had that moment, you know, during that time. And that was just recent. So Stephen Tobolowsky, that episode, uh, it's, it's awesome. And yeah, I've definitely had some conversation where it's, it's a drag. I mean, it's going to happen that many people, that many episodes. Um, and not necessarily is their fault. You don't know what's happened to them before they got on that day, right? What's happening. I try to get, I always give people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, maybe it's me. I mean, probably it's me, you know, to be honest with you, I'm sure I'm screwing up somehow. Um, so when that happens, I try to, I always try to make the guests look good, save the guest. If I have jump in, do something, you know, right? Like they're, they're my, focus i want to make sure that they look good so if i feel that they're not really giving it at all or may seem bored i don't know i don't you know whatever the case may be i'll just jump in i'll do more talking and that's hasn't been really an issue to be honest but i can't really think of one horrible podcast where it's just like oh my god that was the worst you know worst conversation luckily that that hasn't happened yet well, you do know we're going to go through your list of guests and we're going to try and get them on. <laughs> <laughs> you should spread the spread the love. Man, I want all podcasters to be, you know, I'm all about supporting it. I'm all about getting it on. I'm all about the grassroots movement of it. And 100%, I think that would be awesome. Look, that's a great list to start with. Go through. There's tons of people. And wait till I see who we have coming out. I mean, there's just so many more great people that we have uh coming out we're actually going to try to start putting a couple interviews together uh mini you know mini interview at the beginning of, of highlighting uh um you know local texas food sp spots so to sort of shine the light and you know or a person that's doing something really cool in the food industry right just a quick little highlight something to give back a little bit do you ever that's do cool. follow-ups We've done a couple, I think twice, but you know, the list of people to get on new, right? It's, it's tough to, to fill that spot with someone you've already had on when you're trying to bring on new people, I guess. Um, so I'm sure it'll happen. I would like to, there's a ton of people that I'm like, man, I can't wait to talk to them again. Yeah. So, but a lot of times they need it. They need a reason to come on, you know, they have a project. That's usually the case with a lot of people coming. They have a book coming out, a TV show, a movie, an album, a song, a music video, right? So, something is they're doing. So I guess it just works around that more than anything. I know a certain Texan who's been on a lot of podcasts lately because of a book he wrote. McConaughey? Yeah. <laughs> Asshole won't come on ours. We have reached out to him so many times. He's cool. They do respond to us. Right. 
They do say, I mean, everyone responds. Look, even Beyonce responds. Okay. Yeah, everyone responds, which is great in, in a lot of ways. Um, but he's always said, I remember actually when he said back in May, when we tried to reach out, he said, oh, I have something coming out in the late summer, early fall. So I'm doing all my podcasts then. So I knew something was coming out, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't have any details on it. Um, but yeah, they kept pushing us off. And then just, I keep seeing them on everything. I'm like, damn, dude, what the, what is happening here? For governor. I think you might be right, man, especially after those comments on the uh, Under the Skin. Is that what the podcast is called or something? The Russell Brand podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Where he, that's it. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. I, I think you may be, I think you may be right. So I got it. You know, I, I'm going through your list of people you've had on. Dale Hansen is just, I, I respect the hell out of that guy. Me too. And uh, I would imagine that that was a pretty interesting conversation. It was awesome. The dude talked for like two and a half hours. I couldn't stop him. I couldn't. In fact, embarrassingly enough, no shit. Like I had another interview. You know, we, we try to, uh, if I have two interviews in a day, we'll buffer, you know, put some space between them. And we had plenty of space between, but Dale just kept talking and talking. And no, I mean, it literally got to the minute. And I was like, Dale, I'm so sorry. I, I got to stop. I got to I got to interrupt. I, I literally have another podcast in one minute. Like, I have to go. I'm so sorry. I didn't. I wanted to get every last word out of you. <laughs> like, you were so awesome. He was amazing. He's a childhood hero of mine in a lot of ways. Um, just someone I grew up watching on TV sure. in the sure. Dallas Metroplex mm -hmm. and always respected him, always looked up to him. Yeah, that was a that was wonderful to have him on. Well, he, uh, he wonderful. so much more than a talking head. Absolutely. 100%. It's a real dude. Real dude with, I just, yeah, respect him a lot. It's great. So who's on your wish list that you haven't got yet? Since you have that list, you're well. He was, but he's dropping down, guys. I'm not going to lie. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, he's up there for sure. Um, you know, honestly, um, you know, Richard Linkletter would be awesome. I would love to interview him. Um, Elijah Wood, he lives here mm -hmm. for a long time, and I've seen him around town actually a couple times. I would love to interview him. Um, you know, honestly, I, uh, it's kind of obscure, but Mike Madonna, he was a, a Dallas Stars player, oh, and he, at one time he was considered the best hockey player in the league, but I grew up playing hockey. So like he was my idol, literally my idol. And uh, man, if I could interview, I don't even know if I'd be able to hold it together. To be honest with you guys, like he <laughs> he, he he would be phenomenal. Um, Willie Nelson, yeah, definitely uh, at the top there. You know, Willie. Oh my God, oh Willie, I would spark up doobie after doobie with that guy, <laughs> and just whatever he wanted to do. I mean, that would be phenomenal. What about you guys? Well, we've got... You. Go ahead, Joel. No. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, we've got a few. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're pretty much there, you know. this. This. Thanks for listening, folks. This is our last yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> we just can't do any better than this. <laughs> just, um, there's been a few people that I've reached out to, and it seems like we're on the verge of getting them. And then, uh, where did he go? He, Joel, Joel really made like the stage exit left. Wow. He's like, <laughs> I looked away. That's how you commit to a joke. That's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about. <laughs> that oh, oh, don't even worry about it, Bob. Yeah. What are we gonna say, Bob? No, gonna I was gonna say? say we've reached out to a few people and um, we've gotten really close. It felt like at times, and yeah. then. All of a sudden, it'll just slip away. I know, you know, one of the, and this isn't necessarily one of the highest people on my list, but it would be an interesting one. We reached out to the people from Tito's, and it sounded like we were right on the verge of getting them on, and then all oh, of a sudden it man. went. I'm like, wow, what oh, There's Joel. What, so what was it, like a scheduling uh, thing, or, or what do you think? They, they, it was right as the pandemic was first ramping up, so they were. Oh, that's why. Yeah. yeah. So we got yeah. killed during that time, um, and then 
one of one of the people Joel wanted to talk to moved out of town to the northeast. <laughs> Were y'all doing these in person before the pandemic? Yes. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yep. It was a tough. We almost stopped. I mean, we almost stopped, but we made that pivot to the Zoom, and honestly, it's been the best thing we could have ever done. Yeah. It actually. I said in some ways it's made it easier for us to get guests because they don't have to show up at some place, you know, on a day on schedule. 100%. You can get, and you can get anybody. They yeah. could be anywhere. I mean, right? I talked to so many people that are not actually in Texas at the time. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's 100%. We talked to the guy from uh, Garrison Brothers Whiskey, and he was in Colorado. I think Vail, wasn't he? Ooh, Garrison Brothers, really? Oh, man, that's some great whiskey, guys. That is phenomenal well, stuff. Well, and a phenomenal story, too. Yeah. Really? See, I don't really know anything about this. Y'all did a podcast with him? I'll have to check that out. Yeah. And cool. You'll be glad. Nice. 100%. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I love his when I ran bars, and, you know, you spend a lot of time buying, and you start, you know, you learn. What's the good stuff? What Garrison Brothers was a top seller, my man. And not just that quality, quality. That was good stuff and obscure. I always love turning people onto it because they just didn't know. This was like, again, eight years ago. Yeah. This was, you know, seven years ago. This was a long time ago. So that's awesome. I'm definitely going to check out that podcast. Yeah, if you listen to him talk, you'll know why it's quality. And he was making such a commitment early on to keeping his employees there you know even though things were slowing down and and obviously yeah. they weren't selling the volume they were you know i think he said sure. something about having a guy polish a counter twice within 30 minutes <laughs> you know or something uh, um so that's good yeah. that's good he did that so we have a you know if you've listened to any of our podcast we have a little group of questions we at least every time somebody's on for the first time we kind of ask at the end you know just to get but joel i want to see if you have anything else that's it's i am just uh thoroughly impressed with what you're doing patrick you uh are, are taking podcasting to a very high level uh i love your website where you've got the food for thought and so you actually are accomplishing good things. Uh, That's awesome. Thank you. this is such a great vehicle, a great media. And it's, it's uh, I find it kind of inspiring to see what you're doing. And I just want to thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you, guys. No, that's thank you so much. That means a lot for all the hard work that everyone puts in. That means a lot. Thank you. So... When you were over in Spain and decided to pivot back to the U.S., uh, you kind of said, you mentioned something about the, you know, regulation, stuff like that, and the cooperation, but what made you pick Austin? Yeah, the food truck. I mean, I moved to Dallas first, so I, I went back to uh, working for Chef Stephen Piles um, that I had worked with before I moved to, to Spain, so... Um, but uh, yeah, Austin was the food truck. It was like, hey, we're gonna open a food truck. We got, I got, we got to go to Austin. It has to be Austin. Okay. Well, I know lo living in Dallas, you know, you'd probably visited Austin on and off throughout your life. What were your thoughts on it? I actually didn't, you know, come to Austin too much. Um, to be honest with you, like I wasn't really one of those guys in Dallas that's like, I'm going to Austin for the weekend and tube the river. I, I never tube the river till like really a couple years ago. So like, I didn't really care about that stuff. That was, wasn't me. Um, I'm going down to sixth street and drink. I, that's just not, I'm not that type of guy. Um, so, I mean, anytime I traveled, it was outside of Texas and going, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to travel here or there or, or do something. So I, I really didn't know too much about Austin, to be honest with you, just what I heard. And, you know, I was in love with it like day one, man. I was just like, whoa, whoa, what have I been mess missing out on? Just like when I got to Europe, I remember thinking, why did I not come here sooner? Right. So the same thing when I got to Austin, Tam, why have I not been here sooner? Well, so what do you, what do you think is the appeal that uh, kind of makes you feel like, ah, oh, this is the place to do this. This is home. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, the infrastructure of running the food trucks, so I'm not going to lie, it was a big decision um, 
to to be here. But once you're here, um, because you can't go to Houston, you can't go to San Antonio, and you you know you could do some other stuff. But Austin, um, look, it's not for everybody, but for the type of life I like to live, it's perfect. Very outdoorsy and being out with your animals and you know connecting with nature not to get too cheesy but i like that sort of stuff and i like uh, the creative aspect of the town live music i love being around creative people and it's just a perfect city for that it's got the river right it's not too massive like dallas is just you know sure. dallas is just it's just another animal right it's just another animal so um yeah just austin is just a fresh a breath air man so speaking of which, you said you mentioned you know the outdoors and stuff. What is it when you're not creating podcasts that you like to uh, do? I loved rock climbing until the pandemic hit. I was doing that. I mean, five times a week, four hours a day. Um, oh. So that sucks. I can't wait to get back into that. That's what I'm most excited about. I didn't realize how much I would miss it till it was gone. You know, not not being able to. A shout out to Crux. They are amazing. Uh, phenomenal. When I say rock climbing, I should uh, clarify. Okay, gym, gym climbing. I'm not some like Alex Honnold, free soul. There's no way in hell I would ever do anything like that. And I'm going down the kitty routes even at the climbing gym, guys. Okay, I'm not trying to man up here. Like, it's like I'm just, I, I love the exercise and the fun and, you know, a little bit of threat of terror, you know, when you're up that high and, and falling and, and that sort of thing. Cool. But yeah, I love that. And play music. And cooking. I really do love cooking. Cook a lot. Well, um, nice. Go ahead, Joel. No, I'm, no, I'm just taking it in. So I'm kind of curious. <laughs> I'm wondering when dinner is served. I know. Well, wait, I'm getting ready to ask. <laughs> so, <laughs> can we bring anything? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what sides do I show up with, right? Exactly. So where, where are some of the places you like to haunt around town? Ooh, yeah, uh, definitely um, give a shout out to, uh, you know, I mentioned Eric earlier, Peach Tortilla for sure is a phenomenal spot. If you haven't checked that out in Austin, definitely do that. Um, I mean, give a shout out to a place I worked briefly um, at Loro for um, Aaron Franklin, Tyson Cole, phenomenal place. Uh, any of their places. So you got Uchi, Uchiko. Those are all phenomenal places uh, to get some food. And then, look, shout out to Beirut. My boys at Beirut. It's a Lebanese food trailer up north uh, in the domain. Phenomenal. Charlie is, you know, from Lebanon. He's the man. It's legit. It's everything you could imagine. I was, I was literally stationed next to him in my food truck for like two years. So we would swap food like every day. And I... I just it's like the best food in the city I, mean, I just absolutely love it it's, it's phenomenal and it's super tacos off of old torf and the old gas station on the east side um old car wash excuse me look they're not on the internet they're not on social media they only take cash they only speak spanish but they're the best tacos in town nice what's it called it's called super tacos cool nice. super super tacos um yeah just a great just they're the bad they're like well they're real Mexico City tacos. So, like, when my family comes up from Mexico or if I have a friend from Mexico, that's where I'm taking them so that they can get, okay, look, hey, we serve something similar. It's not exact. Yeah. It's close. So, since uh, Austin's, um, well, since you've been back in Austin, what's the biggest change you've seen so far? Uh, change in Austin? I don't know. Um, you know, People always talk about the city changing and it's, you know, it's whatever. But I think at any point, um, no matter what point you live, you're always going to be wishing it was what it was before. Right. Right. So no matter what, how the city changes, uh, you know, back when there was three buildings, I'm sure once the fourth got built, they're like, remember when we only had three buildings? It was great. So, I, you know, for me, I love change. I love uh, seeing things grow. Um, obviously, there are effects to it, you know, to, to some extent. Um, but I don't know. Uh, you know, it's a good question. I don't really know. Uh, it gives people jobs, um, you know, creates par part of the economy. Um, I'm all for it. More restaurants. Um, with COVID, it's, it's tough to say right now because it's going to change the whole face of our city. Yeah. Live music venues, for instance, right? Restaurants. I mean, it's forget it. It's going to be a whole new, whole new city. 
So and we're done here. Austin's um, Austin's theme is keep Austin weird. So what's the weirdest thing you've seen here so far? <laughs> oh, too many, too many things. You know, running a food truck. I could just tell the stories just on that. Just the things I've seen running a food truck. Um, you know, I was at Container Bar in Rainy for a couple years. The stuff I've seen. Um, so one year at ACL, actually, this is even not even at Container Bar at Rainy Street. Um, we were at, had the food park. It was there off uh, behind Tom's Market on Lo- South Lamar and uh, Barton Springs. So there's a hotel there now, but that didn't used to be there. Our food food park was there. So anyway. We're there for ACL, and a lot of the times there's a big crowd in the morning and a big crowd at night. And during the day, it's sort of just people coming and going. So a lot of times you're in lawn chairs, you're just chilling, right, cracking a few beers as you as you would. And uh, there we are, like four of us owners, you know, just sitting there in our in our lawn chairs, uh, and um, that we just see this woman come running down the street just naked just completely naked just and beautiful woman by the way just the most gorgeous woman i'd ever seen too i was just like what this isn't what is happening and she comes you know walking down on uh it's just that little side street i don't oh god i can't i can't uh jesse street it's called jesse street um and she just comes walking down and then i see her husband come running down fully clothed so now they're gonna now they get in a fight right in front of us, just on the street right there, just getting in this fight, screaming back and forth. Now the cops show up. So now they're strapping this woman down. It just gets all they're, they're having to tackle her. I mean, it's just this whole nightmare. And I just thought, huh, this is it. This is just another part of of another the day, day here at ACL. <laughs> um, but it's one of the weirdest things I've seen, to be honest with you. Because I just never forget the woman. She was just so nonchalant too about things and just didn't really care. Uh you know that she was naked and i don't know i'm sure there's more weird things but that's the first thing that came to my head that's a pretty good one yeah <laughs> usually we get, we get um uh you know thong bicycle guy or something like that oh oh that guy yeah i remember that guy he passed away didn't he didn't that guy pass away i don't know i think um, he did who was the one who did a memorial podcast for him yeah yes r.i.p or r.i.t Rest in thong, I should yeah. say. So uh, uh, to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so our final question is: um, If you need to give advice to somebody who wanted to move to Austin, what would you tell them? Hmm. <laughs> I would say move to the north because I love the south. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's I'm a Southie baby. Yeah, Yeah. we both are too. So that's nice. Yeah, it's that's right. That's what I would say. The North is beautiful. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, I really enjoyed having you on. I know Joel just said that earlier, but we both of us really enjoyed having you on, Patrick. And we, um, I really enjoyed this too, guys. I I mean that this was absolute (laughs) blast. Well, I want you to uh, take a chance to, or take a moment to uh, plug your your stuff and make sure that people know where they can find you, your podcast, all. The, yeah, I got your list. See, I, I wrote it down, guys, because I'm an idiot. Oh, I thought you were going to say because I'm a professional. <laughs> no, no. Oh, you'll never hear those words come out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> I try to not be professional. That's the point of my podcast. Yeah, I always try to. Oh, that's not me. Don't expect professionalism. Uh, yes, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget and make sure. Uh, but yes, okay, so the po- the podcast called The Lone Star Plates were available on all podcast apps, right? Apple, Spotify, all that stuff, and YouTube. Um, and the cool thing about YouTube is we break down the podcast into clips on YouTube only. Nice. So if you don't need, you want to see the whole thing, you can. We do like three clips or four clips per episode. Um, so that's you can check that out there. It's got its own playlist. Um, and just for everything else, just check out uh, thelonestarplate.com. Um, you know, it has all the information about the podcast. Our season three is coming up. So for 2021, uh, we'll be taking a break, uh, you know, over Christmas and we'll be back on January 12th, which is a Tuesday. And we've got a very special surprise actually for opening, uh, season three. So there'll be more information about that popping out. I don't know when this comes out, but, uh, that, that'll be it. And then Texas real food is just texasrealfood.com. 
definitely check out um, that website. Excellent. Thank you so much, Patrick. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Again, this was so amazing. You guys make it very uh, comfortable, and I like that. It just, you know, I feel comfortable. It makes me want to talk and open up, and um, I like that support. And you guys are just super cool and easy to get along with, and, you know, what more could you ask for? You guys were awesome. This was great. I really enjoyed it. All right. Well, for uh, Patrick Armstrong, Joel McCall, and myself, we will see you next time on the Trail to Austin. Thanks.